Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, real food, mindset, and everything in between. I'm Allie Hobson, a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic mama, and clean beauty advocate. I work as a clinical nutritionist for two healthcare clinics here in San Diego and run my own business virtually as an NTP supporting women with their health hormones and body balance from a root cause approach. I specialize in gut healing, autoimmune conditions, thyroid, preconception, and pregnancy wellness by rebalancing the body with the nutrients it needs and the mindset it deserves. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified nutrition and mindset coach. I support women worldwide via virtual coaching and creating a healthy relationship with food in their bodies. I specialize in freedom from dieting and restriction, disordered eating, binge eating, obsession and perfectionism, plus body image, confidence, and self-love. Remember our disclaimer. This podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We're so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode 87 of the Nutrition-ish podcast. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm (laughs) glad we're hitting record now because I kept talking. I'm like, we should just start. We should just start. (laughs) Save it for the podcast. (laughs) Um, I just got off the phone with a coffee shop locally here. (laughs) Yeah. I I always like to like, you know, sip on something while we do our podcast and we've been doing them in the afternoons. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to have more coffee. I try and limit like my coffee to just like one cup in the morning, but I just like love the idea of podcasting with a cup of something. And clearly I could have tea. I know this. I just don't want it. So anyways, I was going to make another <laughs> cup of coffee and I was like, whatever, it's Sunday. It's fine. And I was like, I should make decaf. And I've, we've talked about this, I think a lot, but if you're choosing decaf, you really want to choose Swiss water process decaf because it goes through a water filtration system to decaffeinate it versus using, you know, chemicals. Um, anyways, and so I found this bag in my pantry and I was like, yes, I still have some decaf left. And I was looking at the bag and it's from this place, Bird Rock Coffee Roasters, who has amazing Swiss water process. You can actually order it online as well. And it said that the roast date was like December 20th, 2018. And I was like, Okay, so, like, clearly that's, like, a little bit old, <laughs> but, like, they're coffee beans. Like, I don't know. How how good are they, like, you know, how long do they last? So I called my brother because he's very into coffee stuff, and he's like, I don't know. I'd probably drink it, and I was like, you were probably the worst person to ask. <laughs> he's like, I don't want, I wouldn't want to waste the money, and I was like, okay, but I also don't want to, like, keel over with a stomach ache either. So I called the bird rock coffee and I told him this whole story and he was like oh no no I definitely (laughs) want to consume it within two weeks of roasting I was like two weeks who goes through an entire cough like bag of coffee beans in two weeks he was like well if you want the freshest and the best and he was like you can probably make it after two years but you're probably going to get lots of notes from the bag it's in versus the beans and I was like okay well gross Mm, notes of bag delicious <laughs> I know so anyways just wanted to share that apparently wow. coffee beans are like two weeks are the best you know a few months whatever it's probably it's fine it's just not going to be as like flavorful and, and noty with all the things all the yeah notes. I feel like Scott goes through a bag once or twice like one to two times a week or one once a week or wait what am I saying that would be hard one in bag, one week or two weeks could not figure out a way to say that yeah he has coffee every day isn't that normal yeah but I mean I guess I make a french press though too so it's a little bit different so I do like a cup and a half of water to about like two tablespoons ground coffee beans Mm -hmm. yeah he has a grinder but he has an arrow press so it's almost like making more of an Americano style, but with Mm -hmm. coffee beans versus espresso, I believe. Yeah. It's less acidic. Yeah. Okay. I thought the AeroPress was maybe for more like camping for whatever reason. (laughs) I mean, you could bring it camping. It's definitely travel friendly. Yeah. It's just a couple pieces. But it is the most, this is the most, maybe I see if I can, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. I'll make myself a note, but I did this whole deep dive into the cleanest way to brew coffee and the most non-toxic way to make coffee in the morning because so many coffee makers have plastic parts and pieces. Yeah. You know, you can do like the paper filters, but it's still, you know, there's plastic everywhere. And so 
the cleanest, easiest way is to really do a French press with all metal and all glass. So I found a totally. good one that's actually really not that expensive at all, and I really like it. So I'll link to that. But it's just time-consuming, you know? Like, a pour-over is a great option, too. But, like, who has time to stand there and, like, pour for three minutes or however long it takes? I know. I know. I don't <sighs> drink coffee anymore, but it's been probably five or six years since I've drank coffee. But I used to have just a very old-school coffee maker where you would just, yeah, use a paper filter and pour in. I would buy ground coffee poured in, whatever. Yeah. And I was so horrible that I would make a pot one day and then let it sit. And then the next morning, if there were leftovers, heat that up in the microwave. Like, this is mm. literally how I lived. Tasty. <laughs> so oh, you gross. know what? Here's something fun, too. Um, I was listening to Stephen Cabral's podcast, the guy we interviewed, interviewed a few episodes back. And um, he had, like, in his title, like, Nespresso. Because um, mm-hmm. he does, like, a Friday, like, I don't know what he calls review, it, a Friday I update. Think? Friday review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. he mentioned us. Yes. Which was so exciting. I wonder if we got any new listeners. I hope so. If you're There's here, no way to of, know. Yeah, Stephen Cabral, thank you and welcome. <laughs> um, so, anyways, we also have an espresso machine with the little pods, but I stopped using them because if you buy the Nespresso, I feel like Nespresso is like owned by like Nestle or something, and I'm just you know, and then the metal, and I'm just anti. So he had reviewed this product, and it was a healthy, organic, decompostable. Um, Nespresso pod that actually fits in the Nespresso machine. So I was like super excited about it. And he said, he was like, it's called Artisan or Artisan. I think it's Artisan. And I was like, mm, that's the one that I just like bought. Artisan? Yeah, like Artisan, but it's with yeah. a Z E N. Okay. And you can buy oh. it on Amazon and it's um, all fair trade, organic, single origin, decompostable. So it's like the healthiest type of cup that you can buy. I had bought them like months ago. I thought they were fine. My husband was like, these taste like water. This is not strong enough. And he was like poo-pooing all of it. And I was like, gosh darn it. I thought he was going to give me like another option. But I think I might buy them mm-hmm. again. Because if Doc- if Stephen Cabral likes them, then I'm like, yeah, good enough for me. <laughs> I thought they were fine. Well, you could just drink them and Derek exactly. can have whatever the hell he, can, he wants. <laughs> he, exactly. He has all of his non-toxic products that he continues to use. And that's fine. You mean toxic? Sorry, yes, toxic. toxic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay. that was a good coffee rant. Was that your guys. story? Yes. Was that I not good enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Do you need more? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Okay. Um, should we get to yes. our question? I'm excited about this one. Yes. All right. Um, sorry. <laughs> the doc that you just sent me from last week's episode. Okay. So today, our question is from Elizabeth. This is a bit of a long question, so I'm going to do my best to get through it quickly. She says, although it has taken me a while to sift through many different diet fads that have circulated through media over the years, I have made an emphasis on eating real whole foods over the years. My husband and I try our best to prioritize eating 100% grass-fed meats, best quality poultry we can find, organic dairy products, and reading the back of our packaged foods to ensure they have only good real whole ingredients with little to no additives or added sugars. They cook at home most nights of the week, eat leftovers for healthy lunches, stock up on healthy snacks. And she says that she also usually starts her day with one cup of coffee, but that's all the caffeine she drinks aside from the occasional kombucha. Tries her best to steer clear of too much sugar or caffeine due to her anxiety. They sleep at least eight hours of sleep a night. They really value sleep. Their jobs aren't super stressful. They get to the gym at least four to five times per week and are actively on the hunt for other ways of movement that bring them joy hot yoga. And she also says that she is more type A, very hard on herself and does suffer from bouts of anxiety from time to time. I'm an avid learner and introvert and feel very satisfied in my marriage. She currently takes the probiotics, some other supplements to support stress, anxiety, and um, also does some of the Four Sigmatic drinks. And she says, currently in my health journey, I am trying intentionally to make decisions based on what I value the most. For example, we budget more money for groceries and less money for eating out. They cook at home most nights of the week, like she said. She almost never drinks because she doesn't like the way that alcohol makes her stomach feel. And she says, I'm at the beginning of this process and it takes consistency to really feel like we have gained any traction or even seen results. The results I am looking forward to are more energy, less feelings of bloat or feeling sick, mental clarity, and some fitness goals. 
Regularly, the choices I need to make in order to feel my best conflict with my social life. My coworkers make fun of the food I bring to work and think the smell of kombucha is disgusting. My friends regularly like to go out to eat or on extravagant weekend trips, new, uh, trying new foodie restaurants that cost a lot of money, and usually leave me feeling overindulged. I also get made fun of for my decision not to drink and get treated like a party pooper from time to time. I have noticed lately that I cave into the peer pressure to make others feel more comfortable. For example, instead of eating the healthy lunch I packed for myself, I caved and ate the greasy pizza provided at the staff meeting. Another is I ordered a margarita at dinner, even though I knew it would make me feel sluggish and bloated because everyone else was doing it and I didn't want to seem like a snob. What's your advice on how to stick to your health convictions all while maintaining a social life? I want to be able to see my friends, have fun at couples nights, and go on girls weekend trips without feeling sick to my stomach the entire time. I'm all for eating dessert when I want to or drinking a glass of wine when it sounds good, but it is a terrible feeling to know you made a decision based on peer pressure and it is a cycle I would like to get out of. What's your biggest advice? And she also says, I love listening to your podcasts. I listen to the older episodes almost every day as I am getting ready or driving to work and regularly look forward to your new episodes. Thank you for always keeping it real and giving great sound advice. Super sweet. I know. Thank you. That makes me so happy. Well... Okay, how to unpack this. Mm-hmm. We'll do our best. I feel like, Liz, I can relate to this a lot because my core group of girlfriends and um, friends, just to, to give you maybe a little bit of a backstory, but my husband and I actually met in high school. So, you know, although we went to different colleges, um, we kind of circulated like back into where we live now, which is where we went to high school. And a lot of our friends did the same. So everybody moved away and then kind of conveniently lucky for us almost came back to San Diego. So we have like a really good core group of friends and every single person for the most part is, you know, not necessarily in the health space. Not that they're unhealthy people, but they don't have the same, I guess you could say, I don't even want to use the word extreme, but like I take health, you know, (laughs) obviously like very much into consideration with every single thing I do, every single thing I eat. And that's not necessarily something that plays a big role in their life. So having to kind of navigate that, um, you know, has been a little bit tough, but I think the most important thing that I'd like to kind of address is you saying that you're at the beginning of this process. And it takes consistency. And I think that that absolutely is like a very, very important point um, for you to realize, but also, you know, kind of like in the big picture of things, like your friends are also kind of like seeing a shift or a change in you if it's something that's like relatively new. So I'm at a place now where I've been how I am, which is really just like either truly my personality and the way that I like to live, Um, cleaner, healthier, you know, very uh, intentional with the things that I, that I consume. And it's not even just food, but it's like, you know, skincare or nails or like, you know, (laughs) um, I went to, so this is also kind of a good example, but I went to Cabo for a wedding, um, with all of these people. And I wanted to do, um, a, spray tanned because I'm like literally like the whitest ever and the dress I was a bridesmaid and the dress that I wore was like the color of my skin but I searched high and low and asked around to my like you know kind of I have I guess two different groups of friends really it's like my nutrition more health conscious friends that I've met since coming into this space more so and then obviously like my old you know um, older friends from, from growing up. And I asked my healthier friends, like, Hey, if I'm going to get a spray tan, like what's the best place to go? And they they told me this great place that uses like more non-toxic ingredients. They use all organic. So anyways, I was like super excited about that. And so then it was kind of like a happy medium because I knew all the other girls were going to get spray tans as well. And I don't know where they were going to go or what, but I just picked the best option. And then I said, Hey, I'm actually going to go to this place a few of my friends have been and they loved it. And then everybody ended up coming to my more healthy, like non-toxic place and they loved it. And it was kind of like cool to share that kind of stuff. But my point is that your friends are probably seeing a shift in you more recently where I have been kind of doing this around this group of people for a really long time now. And it was very hard in the beginning. I would say I started 
probably more so even in a little bit in high school towards the end of trying to like make healthier choices and then in college. But now I'm the person in the group that like is the healthy person or like if I do bring something, it's not shocking anymore. It's like they're curious to be like, okay, what do we have here? And I can hear sometimes like the condescendingness or like the, I don't know interest but also like confusion of like the smelly kombucha like for sure (laughs) but I think what you'll find is over time if this is something that you're really passionate about and you really feel like it makes you feel so much better and this is the way that you live your life they're going to accept that I think it's just new um, for them maybe to see you making some of these changes and of course I don't know you know enough about you on a personal level but I'm just going off of what you said saying you're at the beginning of this process so I think that's probably where it's coming from and it 100% gets better it just takes a little bit of being you know somewhat uncomfortable I guess in the choices and things that you're doing but my biggest advice would be just to kind of be confident with it like You know, I even say sometimes like, okay, I know this looks disgusting, but it's actually good, you know, or like, you know, just kind of being like so upfront and confident with your choices. Like I am, was the coworker that had apple cider vinegar and a shaker of turmeric and a bunch of lemons in the fridge. And people were like, what is this? And why are you drinking this? Because I was doing, you know, like hot lemon water in the morning with like my turmeric and stuff. And in the beginning, people were like, why, why? Like they're so confused and it's weird. And then after like two weeks, people actually started doing it with me, you know? So I think people will catch on to kind of what you're doing, but I would say just stick with the confidence that you have. And you know, you have to come back always with anything to your why. Why are you doing this? You're doing this because it makes you feel better. And no one has any business or can say otherwise if you feel a certain way because no one will ever understand how you feel. It's your body. And I think leading with that too um, can kind of be helpful. So at, you know, the coworker situation with the pizza, you know, I would even say something like, and I think stretching things a little bit or like a little white lie here and there just to avoid confrontation to me is not a big deal. And I've a hundred percent done that before, but being like, Oh, you know what? I actually just found out that like, I really don't, you know, do well with gluten. I've been eating it forever. I cut it out for a little bit and it's amazing how much like less bloated I feel. And someone else hearing that might be like, oh, okay. You know, like they might still, depending on who that person is, if that's their personality to poke fun, sure, they might still do that. But I would bet that the more that you kind of like educate or give a reason, and that's where it is tough because you don't have to give a reason for anything you're doing. You don't have to back it up. It's your decision and there should be no questions. But I think it can kind of help people understand and stop the noise around what you're doing if you simply you know, give the reason to say actually gluten and cheese, like make my stomach feel terrible. And I really want to go to the gym later, you know, or at dinner, it's like, oh, everyone's having a margarita, you know, eh, I don't know. I really want to get to the gym in the morning and it usually makes me feel terrible anyways. And I get a headache. So kind of not going to do that. Um, and then trying to participate in things that you can. So, you know, maybe getting like a soda water with lime or, you know, I think for me, like, I agree, margaritas make me feel crappy. <laughs> like, there's just no way around it because there's so much sugar. So if I'm going to make a choice and I do decide to drink, I would get, like, you know, a tequila soda with lime. Like, that makes me feel much better, and then I can still participate. But if you don't want to drink at all, then that's a, a whole other, you know, thing that I feel like. Around alcohol, it's tough because people do feel like you're being a party pooper, but it's just their insecurities of you of you not drinking. That's really all it is. Um, I've said a lot of times like, Hey, I'm actually doing like a cleanse and I just don't feel it's not part of the cleanse (laughs) end of story. So I I don't know. There's kind of a fine line with being really confident in what you're doing and also kind of maybe giving a reason and saying it really just doesn't X, Y, and Z, you know? And then also I promise you the more you kind of do these things or shift into a lifestyle, because that's really what this is is a lifestyle shift. You're choosing choices that make you feel better for long-term health. And I think that's absolutely just like kind of who you can shift into. And I think people are going to be more understanding as time goes on. You know, I've been, like I said, friends with these people for now 15, almost sometime, let's see, some of them 20 years. You know, some of these girls I went to middle school with, and I'm still the person that they'll be like, 
oh, well, we didn't think you would eat that anyways. Or, oh, like, what what healthy desserts did you break? <laughs> you know, like, sometimes there's still going to be that, but it does not even phase me because I am that person. Like, I'm the person in the group that's the weird healthy one, and I own it, and I'm happy that I'm that person because, you know, other people have their thing. Like, I have a friend who's always going to be the one to go home early because she values her sleep. We used to make fun of her, and now I'm very jealous. So it depends on how old you are, too. You know, you might be a little bit younger, but I promise you when you get into your 30s, like, it it starts to dissipate because people value so much more, like, feeling good. Because as you get older, people don't feel this good. That's just, I mean, not always, but, you know, the people who continue to do the inflammatory habits, who continue to party hard and things, like, it does catch up. You know, and then there's, I always have the friend that's like going to pay the bill and like figure out the tax and the tip and, you know, make sure that we all get photos of, of the trip that we just took. Like, that's not me. You know, I get made fun of because I'll probably lose something on the trip. And then I have the friend that's going to remember every single thing. So everybody has their thing. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like, this might be your thing. If your thing is to like be the healthier one to make these choices, like that's a really good thing I think you know like I get excited when I'm tagged like the weird healthy one like you know you kind of just got to take ownership of it too if it's something you feel passionate about yeah I totally agree with all of that I think part of it is that society still hasn't caught up yet and I think you and I are immersed in a community that does have a lot of the same beliefs but obviously you also experience the other side of that with your current group of friends And I experience it too with my family and even, you know, having the career that I do, my family still talks about food in the same way they did always. And also too, like being that I'm more about like diet freedom and food freedom and intuitive eating, it's interesting that specifically like my stepdad, for example, will still bring up things about counting calories and patting his stomach and calling himself fat and beating himself up about eating good or eating bad or going to the gym to work off like all the cookies or carbs that he ate and he'll openly have those conversations around me and I'm still sort of dumbfounded thinking you have no idea like one the journey that I've been on with my relationship with food over the years or that I don't believe in that stuff anymore and like believe something totally different so I think part of it is giving it time and standing in your convictions and expressing why you believe in Um, what you believe, but also acknowledging that sometimes some people just aren't going to get it. And there's a really powerful saying that a guest, uh, Sarah Small, who has been on our podcast um, probably like five or six months ago at this point, but she said, what's yours is yours, what's mine is mine. And this can be about anything, right? Any comments anyone would say. A lot of people talk to me a lot about comments um, around the holidays, um, around food judgments and like weight or body image judgments. Um, And I always say this saying to them because I think it's really powerful just to remember like someone else's opinion of you, someone else's judgments of you, like not only are they not usually about you, but they're not for you. And so you don't have to take them on and you have the power and control not to take them on. They may still, of course, bruise you and upset you, especially when this is something that's really important to you, but you don't have to take it on. And I think it's just really acknowledging that anytime anyone makes a judgment of you, that it's always coming from their, usually their deeper insecurities. So like Ali was saying, um, you know, someone may be curious about drinking less or not leaning so much on alcohol, for example, maybe to make themselves more bubbly or more outgoing if that's something that they're doing. Or maybe they're really curious about going gluten-free or dairy-free because they've had chronic digestive issues, but they're just really overwhelmed on where to even start. And they've probably told themselves that it's just too hard. So then when they see someone else doing it, it's like, there's this immediate defense that goes up because they want to judge it because if they judge it, then they can interpret it as something that's like bad and then they don't have to attempt it versus like curiosity. And I think you'll begin to get those people too, again, as you continue to walk the walk. But remembering like people people will make judgments from their own projections and their own insecurities. And so a good way to handle that is like to leave the door open if they do have questions. Like you could say, you know, why you're making that certain choice and always say it with confidence. I do not ever recommend uh, telling someone why you're doing something from a place of self being self-deprecating, like kind of making fun of yourself in the process. I used to do that when I felt more insecure about the choices that I was making around food in the very beginning 
of my like nutrition career and my health journey. And I would sort of like make up, you know, like make fun of myself. Like I'm the one that's gluten free. And I just feel like then that. <laughs> yeah, leads... I totally still do that. But that's my personality. You know, yeah. like I don't know how to describe it unless you know me, you, if you hear me say that like that, it doesn't sound, it's not self-deprecating. It's just, I don't know how I communicate Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm really sensitive. And so if I say, I just feel like sometimes I think it works for you. You're right. as your personality. And I think you still do it with a confidence. Like you just come off. Well, you kind of have this air about you now. Like this is the way that I eat. This is how I live. This is the products that I use. Like this is me. And so I think when you do it, it's not, it doesn't leave the room for someone then to judge you necessarily where I feel like when I was doing it in the beginning like because I am a sensitive person and like my family has always like been able to point that out about me I think it it made it more available to them to like have their opinions instead of just like being confident about why you're doing what you're doing so I think maybe everyone's different and you kind of just have to find your groove with it but at the end of the day I would what Allie was saying I would really really strengthen your why and, you know, like you were saying, energy and digestion and feeling your best, but get really clear on that for you. And you can even dig a little bit deeper into the why and create a whole visual for yourself of like what life will look like and how you'll feel if you can create, um, you know, this energized, like, you know, place for yourself. Like, what will you be able to do more of? What will you not have to do anymore? Like, you can really get very excited about that. And then even take note of that, like write it down in your phone, in your notes app and have that to refer back to if anytime you're feeling more insecure about like why you're doing what you're doing, or you do feel like peer pressure is getting to you. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like don't make any choices because of anyone else. Always make them because you want to make them. So whether you like turn down the pizza or have the pizza, do it because you want to do it. Like, Cause it really feels so crappy when you let someone else influence you. And I think that that sort of is like that ickiness that you're feeling. It's not necessarily that you've made the choices. It's like your energy behind them and feeling like you let someone else influence you. Mm-hmm. And two, I think like when it comes to like girls trips and Maybe, I mean, for me, I've had a lot of these scenarios come up lately. Um, I'm usually not like a crazy social person, but (laughs) I did just go on a girl's trip and it was for that same wedding, the bachelorette. And, um, you know, good example would be we were on a group text and I was helping throw this bachelorette party and I was like, all right, so we have snacks to figure out like who wants to bring what. And my good, like one of my best friends, she was like, Al, I'm going to go to Target, but I think I'm going to buy all the things that I know would make you cringe so you don't have to. (laughs) And I actually was kind of like, okay, good, because I will not go to Target and buy, you know, crappy food. I'm just not going to do it. And I said that. And she was like, no, I know. That's why I offered because I don't want (laughs) I don't want you to feel like you have to do that. But there are certain people who might want certain things. And I was like, great. And so I show up and I brought like, you know, my Siete chips and Simple Mills cookies and something, something. There were out of probably eight girls, there were four girls that I'd never met before. And all like four of them, I swear, they were like, oh, I'm dealing with this or, you know, my stomach and blah, blah, blah. I just found out I don't do well with dairy. And they were like, I can't believe you brought all these snacks. I totally was thinking I was going to have nothing to eat. And I was like, I got you, girl. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) You know, so like I was bringing things for myself. But I think you'll start to find, you know, too, that like the more that because this health world, it's like depending on maybe like where you live and who your community is and all these things, like people are opening up to the idea so much more of alternative, like healthy lifestyles. And so I think the more that you talk about it or educate, you know, I think coming from a place of just like even awareness and wanting to like open people's eyes to it's like, it's like skincare. When we talk about, you know, beauty counter, when I share something like, you know, Hey, did you actually know there's aluminum and deodorant? And so many people are like, Oh my God, I had no idea, you know? So like kind of sticking to your own thing, but almost catering to like the greater group to be like, I brought my own kind of snacks if anybody wants any and kind of sharing what you've learned. And it could even be like, Hey, I actually, not that you have to share our podcast, but if you would like to, (laughs) but you could be like, I listened to this podcast where I learned X, Y, and Z. And it was really interesting, you know, in some 
some people might actually have not even made the connection that certain foods make them bloated or certain foods give them headaches. So I think if you can kind of share it in a way too, where like, Hey, I'm learning all this stuff, um, makes it more like, not like I'm doing this and I'm, you know, kind of on this Island by myself, but it's really just like, Hey, this is what's going on in my world and be very open to sharing. I think a lot of people actually will jump on the bandwagon and if they don't like that's their own prerogative and they certainly don't have to, but I think you might be surprised the more open you are about it, either the more like-minded other people might be or might be interested in learning more from you. Yes. And I also do want to give a different opinion on this all as well, just in reading over your question and being somewhat of the intuitive person that I am and looking at things um, more from like a mindset perspective as well, of course. And just in the way that you worded your question and you did tell us that you were more of a type A person, can be very hard on yourself and can struggle with anxiety from time to time. Part of the way that you described you know, your food choices, the intention that you have on sleep and exercise and your caffeine, a part of me felt like it may be a little bit too much pressure for you. And, you know, I think like we've just been saying now for the last 20 minutes, like everything that you're doing is really incredible. Like the fact that you care so much about taking care of yourself and the intention behind your choices, I really do celebrate you. I think it shows how much you care about yourself and how you feel. And of course, making more choices that are quality and sustainable, like all of this is so great. And, you know, there's so many people out there that just don't care at all and never want to connect, you know, how we feel to the food that we're eating or the choices that we're making in our lives or our lifestyle, our exercise routine. We're just, you know, we're kind of um, closed off to a lot of that. So I think the fact that you really do make such an effort is really incredible. And I think, too, it, it probably has a lot to do with the fact that you said you're an avid learner and you the fact, too, that you listen to our podcast so much. So it sounds like you're just maybe very curious. And I know I certainly felt this way when I first went back to school and I was learning and listening to podcasts literally 24-7. I could not get enough. And I was implementing all those things that I was learning into my life. So I think that, you know, a lot of this information and content you're taking in is really motivating to you and you're just excited to try everything out. But all that being said, I think sometimes, you know, with us who've been like that, there can be a conflict there that it can feel like a lot of pressure. And especially to like being more of type A and possibly more of a perfectionist, maybe the standard that you set for yourself to make all these really top-notch choices could feel like a lot to live up to. And I only say this because you said that it, it has been impacting your social life. And we gave the perspective previously about, you know, how to be confident and how to stand up for yourself and enforcing your why and giving this time and giving it consistency. But there's also a small part of me that wonders if trying to be perfect and always make quality decisions and do everything to a T could be making you actually not able to fully be able to maintain your convictions about your health. And it's the way I kind of think of this, it's almost like the concept of restriction and deprivation that a lot of people feel when they diet and then they end up binging because willpower is not sustainable and the survival response kicks in. And it's almost like you're when you're trying so hard to be good, you can only sustain that for so long because no one can be perfect all the time and always make quality great decisions all the time because life has inevitable ups and downs and throws us curveballs and also like trying to be perfect is a direct conflict with like sustainable choices and so sometimes then people you know eat all the things and like I said that survival response kicks in so obviously this is different but it's an interesting way of looking at it and maybe deep down there's a part of you that like wants to live a little bit more, like is making all these positive choices around food and her lifestyle and exercise, but also is feeling like I like still want to enjoy life a little bit more and not always make every choice that's, you know, all this information I'm taking in is telling me to do. So, you know, not necessarily like having the pizza, the thing that's going to make you feel sluggish and bloated, but maybe just in general, having a little bit more flexibility in your life or in your diet Um, a little bit more freedom so that it's not all or nothing. And I know that this concept kind of sounds strange, but sometimes what happens is like our subconscious brain can kick in 
and we'll have the food or the drink like what you're saying is you'll kind of give in to peer pressure and that makes us feel horrible um but really it's because we just don't want to feel so deprived we don't want to feel so isolated and we want to be able to be like a little bit more inclusive so this may totally not be resonating with you at all but I did just want to throw it out there and really what I'm trying to get across is like the concept of just letting yourself off the hook a little bit and I think a lot of us can relate to this with the way that we eat or maybe the way that we exercise or just in in general wellness can sometimes feel like this thing that we really like have to do right and we're always biohacking and troubleshooting and doing all the things and taking all the supplements and drinking all the elixirs and all the stuff like it can sometimes just be like wow sometimes I feel like I can never do enough and I just I have to do all the things I see this influencer doing something I'm reading this in this book I'm listening to this podcast and it sometimes can be just like totally overwhelming and you just want to like let your hair down and just like be a normal person sometimes so Basically, what I think could be helpful is to introduce a little bit more freedom with food or even like exercise in your lifestyle a little bit on a more ongoing basis, like to your with your schedule or with your regimen. And I think maybe that would help you feel a little bit more balanced and then actually be able to go to the couple's nights or on the girl's trips and eat what you want, of course, for the most part. Like definitely make the healthy choices that make you feel good, that you love. But maybe you have a small percentage of the stuff that you know may like not make you feel that good, but it's emotionally satisfying in the way that it leaves the opportunity for you to better connect with the group of people that you're with. Because, you know, maybe like you have to sacrifice sometimes like not being able to get up as early the next day, like feeling as energized, or maybe you do feel a little bit bloated because it's like, I wanted to go to this thing and I wanted to be around my friends and I'm going to do my best. Like I'm going to choose the options that I can, but I also know that sometimes like I'm not going to be perfect and that's okay because I got to connect and laugh and like have a really good night out and that can kind of like even things out. Like sometimes it's worth making those sacrifices and I just feel like I personally have missed out on a lot in my life and I definitely became, I would say like almost obsessed with wellness or obsessed with health, or obsessed with healing at times in my life, and I did sacrifice a lot. Like, I wouldn't go out with friends. I wouldn't go out to eat. I wouldn't go on trips, you know, and I would just stay home in my bubble where I knew that the choices that I could make were super safe and not going to aggravate any of my symptoms. And yeah, maybe I felt better as far as, like, keeping my symptoms at at bay, but I also missed out on, like, connecting and building relationships and doing fun things. And I know sometimes it can feel sort of like an impossible decision because, you don't really want to have to choose one or the other. Like, it. I don't know. I know it kind of like sucks to think, well, I don't want to go because I don't want to feel bad, but I also don't want to be home because I don't want to like not go and be with my friends, but then I know I'm safe because I won't have the symptoms. Like, I know it can kind of feel very, very overwhelming, and I've sort of had that mental battle with myself many, many times in my life, but I think, I don't know. I just think in reading your question, it sounds like, a lot of pressure that you've put on yourself. And I just want you to hear this. Like you don't have to be perfect, right? There's this great saying, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. And there's another great saying, which is it's not about what you do one time. It's about what you do most of the time. And I think just getting your groove, starting to find out like what makes you feel the best and what doesn't and letting go of some of the rest. Like maybe you don't always have to have eight hours of sleep. Maybe you don't always have to work out five days a week. Maybe you don't always have to get 100% grass fed. You know, sometimes maybe you get the organic. Sometimes maybe you go on a walk or you sleep in instead of hitting the gym. You know what I mean? Just like allowing yourself to be a little bit more flexible. And remember too, like the choices that you're making right now are for the long run. So you don't need to be perfect and like burn yourself out on like doing everything to a T. And I think that may just my whole idea in bringing all this up is I think the more that you create a little bit more freedom and flexibility in your life in general around your choices that it will make it easier for you to kind of stand up for yourself and like turn down the things that you really don't want because you know in general like the rest of the week like you've created more space for some some freedom so it's like it I don't know if that makes sense but that's just sort of is like totally my sense. thought process. You know what I'm saying? Where it's kind of like yeah. a form almost of restriction, this perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And like maybe she just needed to hear, like to have the permission even from someone like us who she's listening to and absorbing all of our content. Um, everything that Allie and I talk about, we don't do everything that we talk about all the time, you know, for right. the most part. Like, and we were talking about this a little bit um, 
before we started, like, her and I have been at this for now, like, several years, and it's just become kind of second nature for us to avoid certain foods that we know don't make us feel good. Like, we don't even really have to take a second look at it. We just can kind of live that way. We seek out the restaurants or the foods. We shop a certain way, and it just is what it is. It's, like, not a big deal, but I also think, like, there were times where, like, I was, like, 100% Like, I was, like, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, like, all these things. And then there were times where, like, I wouldn't eat any nuts and seeds. Like, I'm never going to eat, like, grains again. Like, there's all this stuff, you know, where you can kind of get excited to sort of troubleshoot how you feel. But you have to remember, too, like, this – it's, like, it's a big picture. And you have to have some room to, like, let – just, yeah, let yourself off the hook a little bit not to be perfect. Yeah. And especially – you know, I think that you shared with us, right, that you're going through the the NTP, the MTA program. Is that right, Chels? Well, I think no, this we don't is, know. we've, I think, um, am I getting, I'm not sure. Confused? I'm not sure. Okay. I think we've chatted, well, we've chatted um, on Instagram. I think this may be her, but I'm not sure for sure. But I think okay. so. Yeah. So regardless of whether that's true or not, I feel like it's a good example because when you start to, whether you're in school for nutrition or you're just following, you know, influencers or nutritionists or listening to our podcast or somebody else's, like Chelsea said, it it gives the perception that like what's reality versus what is Instagram and what is, you know, social media and what it is that you see versus like everyone's real lives. And it appears all the time that everybody's doing everything perfectly because that's their job or that's what they're putting out there or the content or the recipes that they do are of that nature. But I, one, I guarantee all of everybody is not living that exact. Um, I mean, sure, some people might be. And to go back to Chelsea's point, I think that's almost like, I mean, there's a newer, at least it's newer to me to hear it in the past few years, but like orthorexia and being so obsessed with health and wellness to a T that, you know, you won't even wash your hands in some type of bathroom that doesn't have like clean hand soap. Like I've, I, I have these thoughts all the time, yeah. right? Like if I go into a restroom and I look at like whatever blue liquid is in that thing, I'm like, do I want to use that? I'm like, okay, Allie, just like take a chill pill, freaking wash your hands. You know? <laughs> like I still think these things, but I think I've, yeah, like we have navigated a way that we've been doing it for so long that I found a really good gray zone that works for me that I'm able to navigate. I'm able to, you know, in what, if you were to kind of label it like quote unquote mess up, which is a terrible word for it, but that's the best way I can say that because that's how it is. Like when you start out and you think everything is either black and white, you know, it's like, Oh, I messed up or I fell off the wagon or I didn't stick to it. It's like, no, no, no. You're just like living your life. (laughs) You know, like no one can stick to something a hundred percent. And I think the best, the best way to do that is to make sure that you feel comfortable because I do have those, times where it's like, I am totally out of my comfort zone and I don't want to make the choices that I had to make, like in a setting where there was like literally no healthy options or there was like nothing else to eat. Or there was like, you know, sometimes you're stuck and you have to do those things. And I don't like that. I like to feel in control. Like, and I think maybe being more of a type A person, like I like to try and control what I can, but I think there's a healthy way to control it. And then there's a healthy way to let things go. So the way that I feel most comfortable is if I plan ahead, for example, or if I, you know, go to a wine night or like we have girls nights all the time, like I bring organic wine and I'm a part of like the Seco wine club, which I've been really loving, you know, like it makes me be like, okay, I'm a little bit in control, but then I do like to put myself in situations where I have zero control because it's almost like humbling and it challenges me to like accept that it's okay if I eat things that I don't normally eat. You know, like when I was in Mexico, really good example. Like there's not a lot of great things available to me. And I was like on a strict schedule of like going places and doing things. And it was like, oh, we're eating here and we're eating here. Like groups were making decisions. Like I didn't have a say in, you know, hardly anything. But I ordered, you know, the best I could. I asked the waiter what was gluten-free. I asked for things on the side. And then there were certain times when I was like, okay, I'm going to have a corn tortilla with cheese. Like, that's not something I normally eat. But, like, that was, like, the best day in quesadilla ever. And I was like, that was was good. That is good for you. I should do these things, (laughs) you know. So kind of, like, challenging yourself to be like, okay, how do I navigate this best and still feel like I'm letting go a little bit? Because I promise you when you do those things and you – 
do feel okay. And there's a difference too, because when you're saying like you actually feel like your stomach is hurting and it feels terrible, like those are very real things. And I don't want to say that like you can do those and it's not supposed to hurt because that's not the case at all. There are certain situations where it's like, yes, if this, then this, and that might be the case. But for me, using that as an example, like I would normally be worried that I was like, and this was like the day of the wedding. I was like in a bridesmaid and I was like, ugh, my stomach's going to feel terrible. I'm going to be like bloated. And I was fine. I was totally fine. And I had another quesadilla the next day, you know? So it's just like, you kind of have to just like do these things and put yourself out of your comfort zone, but then try and navigate the best you can. Like bring healthier things if you want, or eat ahead of time to places, look up the menu where you're going. You know, I think for me, I feel best when I can kind of navigate the gray zone and be in as much control as I can. And then if I can't, I can't. And I think it just becomes second nature to kind of like make these quick little decisions and then move on versus like dwelling over the margarita, dwelling over the thing, you know, you just kind of like get past it and move on. Yeah. And I also think we've talked about this concept before, but sometimes stressing over making the perfect choice or kind of like the dialogue that you're having in your mind around like, should I have that? Should I not have that? Are they peer pressuring me? What do I do? I know I don't want like that back and forth and that stress like that literally shuts down digestion, like stress shuts down digestion. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this a million times just in general kind of with people like who have digestive issues or people who have kind of a struggle with food and their body. And I just really am in the camp because I've had this experience so many times personally where if I enter into a meal and I'm making choices that like at home I wouldn't necessarily choose, like I am having some foods that like, yeah, maybe they're like, it's whatever, it's cooked in canola oil, it's grains, like whatever. If I just can be like chill about it and be cool about it and realize like it's not about what I do one time, it's about what I do most of the time and relax and eat mindfully and eat slowly and chew my food, sometimes I feel totally fine. Whereas sometimes I'll go out to eat and like maybe I just had a really bad day or I'm stressed about like my health or something that happened in general and I'm just like wound so tightly. Even if I make a top-notch optimal choice, like super healthy, I can feel totally bloated at night and like Mm -hmm. horrible. So it just goes to show like there's so much power in your mind and I just think like, I've posted this quote on my Instagram before, like, perfectionism is self-sabotage. Like, perfectionism is setting yourself up to, quote-unquote, like, mess up or fail. And so it's looking at things from a place of, like, being proactive um, and being preventative to getting yourself to that place by just surrendering a little bit. And like I said, like, acknowledging you don't always have to make the most perfect choice, but also just looking at, like, your mindset and your stress around your choices and, like, just, yeah, being a little bit more laid back because I think, like, we hear so much information about black and white things and choices, do this, not that, eat this, not that, that it becomes, like, paralyzing. And I know that I've, because I have so many clients that feel this way and have developed a lot of food fears, and that's been something of my past and my story as well. And so, you know, don't let yourself get to that place unless you have really 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 serious health issues which I mean I kind of do so I don't know but um (laughs) but I just think like we yeah we just don't always have to be 100% on and yeah live in the gray zone that's my term um the other thing I wanted to say too is that because I've experienced this like sometimes you grow apart from your friends and like your friend group and that's okay and we don't know what age you are um but I just think it's a really normal thing where it happened for me and um you know I don't live like where I grew up I think Allie's in a really like great unique situation where she still has this tight new tight-knit group of friends um I had like kind of like adult friends and kind of like friends I would go out with friends from like different jobs that I worked and I kind of, when I started like working on myself and I started like caring more about nutrition and my lifestyle and my mindset, I grew apart from those people because we stopped having so much in common, especially the people that I used to kind of like be super social with and party with. Like I definitely went through periods of time in my life where I didn't drink and that wasn't of interest to me to even like go out past like 10 o'clock. And so I think it's okay if it, you know, 
if it feels okay to you to sort of like let go of some of those relationships, not like you're cutting them out of your life, but just, you know, creating somewhat of a boundary from them. And at the same time, start putting yourself out there to attract more like-minded friends that share your view on food or don't care as much about drinking or value sleep in the way you do. Like maybe you start bringing in more relationships like this that really like feel just so uplifting and positive for you that then when you do go out with the friends that like kind of have their insecurities and their projections and their judgments, like you can let it sort of roll off your shoulders a little bit more because you have that balance between like this other new group of friends and these new developing relationships that really feel very fulfilling to you because I think it's just a really bad feeling in general when you're always around groups of people that just like don't get you. So it's not about obviously like cutting out all of your friends, especially too if you have history with them and you still have other things in common. But I think just like bringing in maybe some other relationships, you know, could help you just to feel a little bit more balanced um, and like someone understands you and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those, those like really true, true friends who are going to be, you know, friends in there for you, like they will come around and maybe if there's a little like nitpicking and whatever in the beginning, like it probably will just last a little bit and then it's done. And then they're like, oh, okay, I'm over it. And, you know, that that goes back to what we were saying. It's maybe a, just a jealousy or a something. But, you know, and if it continues for a really long time, like, then those are not, yeah, those are not the type of relationships that should be valued if they're not going to accept you for what you're doing and how you want to shift your lifestyle because that's who you feel best as. Like, you are your own person and you know, no one can, no one can tell you how you feel and what to do. So I think just, yeah, trying to build a little more confidence around, around yourself is, is always important. We could all, everybody could always use that, I think more too, you know? Yeah. It sounds like one one thing that's really great is it sounds like you have a really strong relationship with your husband and he is on board with all this stuff. So that's nice. Um, cause you guys kind of can feel <laughs> like you're doing this together. So maybe some couple friends be fun yeah I was just laughing because I was like I know sorry yours is uh, mine is not supportive <laughs> no no he is no but he doesn't he is, eat like you he is supportive but yes. yeah he he's is a great he and guy. I are he's a great guy. not yeah on the same page in terms of of the food stuff like he eats healthy if I cook it and he loves what I make but you know he still will be like well where do you want to like we've been without a refrigerator for another well already four days and now I have to go another four days stupid refrigerator that is not coming but it's like well where do we pick up food from and I have literally you know maybe this is this is just a me thing but there are probably only like three or four places that I feel comfortable eating around here (laughs) which is which is a me thing but that's just kind of like you know those are my boundaries and those are what I feel best. If that doesn't work, then I will go pick up something else and I'll make a whatever, you know, in the capacity that I can. But I think it's also okay to like, you know, you just have to find that happy medium between not stressing out about being perfect, but also setting boundaries because you want to set boundaries, you know, like there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, but anyways, yeah, my husband's like, well, you only eat at like four places. What are you supposed to do? (laughs) You know, he's supportive, but it's just different. But I think that's where I get a lot of practice too, with kind of like being my own advocate for like, no, no, I don't choose to eat gluten and I don't really feel that great when I eat dairy and I like to eat clean, you know, like I continually talk to him all the time about it. And so it's like, you know, it's at the forefront. I've had a lot of practice, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Scott's not perfect. Like he definitely does like to eat really healthy because he's seen me do it for so many years and he has totally transformed the way that he felt. I mean, when I first met him, he used to eat like a blueberry muffin and a coffee from like coffee bean for breakfast, pizza for lunch and like cereal or like, you know, plain white pasta with butter or something for dinner. Like, that's kind of what he was also, too, because he just, like, wasn't domesticated at that point. But And, like, budgeting hardcore. But he didn't feel good. And Scott has had to work in, like, a retail, like, service position. When I first met him, he was working two jobs, seven days a week, eating that way. I mean, it just wasn't sustainable. He used to get sick all the time. He had no energy. He said he had to drink, like, multiple cups of coffee a day just to get through. And now he, like... You know, he makes a really healthy breakfast. He does, like, a power parfait, which is a yogurt parfait with, like, chia seeds and protein powder and berries and, like, 
like a grain-free or gluten-free granola. Like he just does that now. He makes them in bulk. He does it every like couple days and he eats, he drinks organic coffee and he goes, you know, he tries to make healthy choices for lunch. And now he does that on his own because he's seen that it's benefited him. But mm-hmm. I will say he's not perfect because sometimes, like, if he goes out to eat with his friends or he's back home, he, like, definitely succumbs to peer pressure. Like, he's not one totally to sort of, like, stand up for himself. And I've kind of pushed him because I don't really care at the end of the day. Like, he can make whatever choices he wants, but I want them – I want him to make – choices because he wants to make them. So like I said, whether you eat the pizza or you don't eat the pizza, like do it because you want to do it. And I feel like sometimes Scott will make the choice like just because like his friends are doing it and none of his friends eat healthy. And so he just wants to be like cool. And like, that's not a reason to do it. So Mm -hmm. he's not perfect. I think we've all like struggle with peer pressure at, at some point, but that's why like your why is so important because if you can really focus on like how things really make you feel. And if you care about something enough, like you're going to want to be confident and and make that choice. But also like sometimes things are just like totally out of control. Like Scott's from Chicago. It's a totally different world out there. Like it's foodie and it's not like a healthy city necessarily. And so um, I just don't have, I feel like as many healthy choices. And so, yeah, it is what it is. I think it is good. Like you were saying to challenge yourself because Mm -hmm. I spend so much time Like I said, like not going out, not going on trips. Like I, there were periods of times when I was doing healing diets where I didn't eat out for like three months straight. (laughs) I don't even know how I did it. This was early days when I was just like desperate to feel better. (laughs) And I had like food sensitivities to like pepper, like the spice and like all different types of like vegetables. It was just like impossible for me to eat out. And, um... Yeah, so I I got kind of, like, out of the routine of, like, knowing how to handle, like, being in circumstances where I couldn't control. So now I do Mm -hmm. try to challenge myself and, like, because, yeah, you need that balance. It's like public speaking. You can't live in a bubble. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who love public speaking. I love, I mean, we're on podcasts. I love talking, obviously, and it's not like I get shy or nervous and in social situations, but like, I really dislike standing up in front of a giant group of people and talking, but I like to try and do it when I can, or like if I have to, or like there's an opportunity to volunteer to say something. Like I gave a toast in front of like a lot of people and I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to do that. But I did it anyways because it's good practice and you should always continue to push yourself no matter what. Um, and then the last point I'll make, and then we can probably wrap up, but, um, there's also just like different, you know, personalities and different people are going to have different priorities. And I think if, if some of your friends are having a hard time, like understanding and, you know, it's not necessarily, maybe it's important for them to understand or not, but like my priority has always been, I have loved food and like in college, I didn't have anything, you know, I was like studying real estate and that was architecture is my major. But every single time the TV was on in my apartment, I was watching the Food Network. Me I was too. watching Rachel Ray. I was Me watching too. Paula Dean. Yes. You know, like I've just always had like a passion for, and I have like a very creative side to me. And I think cooking to me is creative. And I love getting in the kitchen and seeing what I can come up with, like how I can make a meal or what if I did this? Like I used tangerine young living oil in a stir fry last night. And I was like, that is genius. Like I, I just like that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like fun for me. And then I have other friends who are literally like, that sounds like the worst thing ever, but they are all about, you know, making an outfit look fantastic where their bag and their shoes and everything like fashion is their thing. It is not my thing. And I don't have any desire to do I just don't care like I will wear things that probably don't match all the time or like I never change out my purse and I wear it with every outfit and black brown like I don't care <laughs> it just doesn't even cross my mind you know like it's just not in my wheelhouse to care about that kind of stuff and that could be the perfect example of you know some other people like not even in their capacity to be like oh I never thought about food like that how you're thinking about it like you have a passion and you clearly are interested in learning more and all the other stuff. So sometimes it's not its not their fault. <laughs> you know, maybe it's like they're not trying to be judgy. They're not trying to poke fun. It's just something that's just like kind of out of their, out of their means to understand. And they have their own things that they're interested in that you would never pay attention to either. So there's always that side of it. Mm-hmm. And just keep living and being an example and being confident and 
sharing what you're doing, but also not preaching. And if anyone around you who even previously was feeling judgmental or whatever had their opinions, eventually, like if it's something that they're interested in, they're going to have you to come to. And that's what's really cool. And I always feel like that's like the next layer of this is like paying it forward. And it feels really good to be able to like be that person for people if they need support, whether it's food or sleep or exercise or mindset or anything. So just keep doing you and keep us posted. I'm excited to hear if any of this resonated with you. All right. And thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to submit a question, this was a really, really good one. (laughs) You can email us at nutritionishpodcast at gmail.com or head on over to our website and click under the submit a question tab. Then head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It means the world to us. And also be sure to subscribe so the new episode gets downloaded for you every single week. For more from me, Chelsea, head to nutritionwithchelsea.com and follow me over on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. For more from Allie, head to barefootnutrition.com and follow her at barefootnutrition. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. See ya.